0: It all started on April nine of nineteen forty when a German cruiser, the Hipper, invaded Norway with the orders to go towards Trondheim. At four twenty-five, the Nazi invasion had already begun. It only took half of the day for a late transfer, a teacher at Norwegian Institute of Technology, gathered everyone and told them that they were under attack, without knowing Hitler's intention. He said, your actions will be history in a 100 years, and suggested those with military training should go to Oslo with him and defend their country, however, with the fear of letting the country unprepared. The German soldiers occupied streets with machine gun nests and mortar positions. Contrary to Trostand, Nodhauklai took halfway to Oslo and went to the army headquarters where they got the news of the invasion. He fought three weeks for his country and finally he traveled to see his parents that told him get out and fight, which was his plan. In 1936, he saw Hitler's propaganda and he was restless until he achieved his purpose of defending his country. Hitler controlled the entire country. and his friend tried to contact allied forces from their own spy network, but it wasn't possible. However, they didn't give up. Many things changed, traveling without ID was illegal and radios were banned. Schools needed to teach students that Hitler was their savior. Coal, gas, food, milk and clothes had street rationing and some Norwegians supported the changes, but many others pushed back against Nazis. Many people were arrested or executed. They arrested Hoglake's mother and wife. Soon, Nazis gained the control of the Norwegian Institute of Technology, and they intended to use every space for their war machine. In Vida, a region in Oslo, chemical plants in town used hydrogen to make fertilizers and produce heavy water by producing electrolysis because the substance didn't break down as easily as normal water. Jomar Braun, Tronstans College classmate, ran the Norsk Hydro hydrogen plant at Burmark and in 1933 with the collaboration of Trunstan, they proceed with the idea of heavy water industrial facility to Norsk Hydro. Brown provided the perfect setup for its manufacture. In the redesign, 1824 electrolysis cells which treated the water with current. Some of the water was decomposed into bubbles of hydrogen and oxygen gas by electrolysis and the remainder now containing a higher percentage of heavy water, cascade down to the next row of cans in the pyramid, 570 cells. Then repeat the process through the third, fourth, and fifth rows of electrolysis cells, which contain only 10% of heavy water. Pure water froze at zero Celsius degrees, while heavy water froze at four Celsius degrees and people thought that it would lead to a cure for cancer. James Chaldick discovered that the proper denotator was a neutron that carries no charge. Sometimes it was absorbed, so sometimes it knocked the proton out of the nucleus which converted the element. The splitting of the atom could realize 200 million electron volts. A cubic meter of uranium, or could provide enough energy to raise a cubic kilometer of water 27 kilometers into the air. On September 16, 1939, Kurt Denver was at the headquarters of Berlin's army at his office when he tasked to develop explosives, and he finally was given the power to form a team, but Germans discovered that the United States, France, and Great Britain were all creating projects in nuclear fission. Paul Hardec wrote that the possibility for creation of explosives, whose effect, would excel by a million times those presented, used while Otto Hahn was this fraud that his discovery was being developed into a weapon to kill. By the end of 1939, Denver had dozens of scientists under his watch across Germany, refining atomic theory and conducting experiments. German had already used heavy water and Braun asked Trostand if he knew why Germans used a huge amount of heavy water, but Trostand dismissed that it could be applied for military use. In 1941, orders had increased to 1,500 kilograms of heavy water. In 1940, Trostand continued his research and teaching in Trondheim. And he was also close to different bands of his students, which published illegal newspapers, other that were in connection with the British Secret Intelligence ser- Service. On September 22, after Transat left Baza and his children in Oslo, he collected a fake it- identity and the Miller Resistance Network picked him up and ferried him out of the country. And on October 21, He arrived King's Cross Station in London, where soldiers crowded the streets, and floating armada of grey barrage balloons hung in the sky to interfere with German bombers. Many people had been killed, wounded, and left homeless by the blitz. In September 1939, Hitler invaded Poland, and he told the world that soon he would employ a weapon against which there would not be dispensed. Two German pilots were overhead on tram, speaking about the new bombs and how dangerous they can be with the power of an earthquake. Germans were manufacturing an uranium bomb that has an enormous power that can blast even a whole town. In April of 1949, a French spy alerted British allies' Nazi efforts for the uranium bomb by using heavy water from a plant. Halkalit stood with the fellow soldiers, rich, poor in between, from city, town, back country, and few never handed a gun before. Others were marksmen, and with his phrase, never give your enemy half a chance. They learned that two shots quickly in a row to make sure their enemy was down, how to make down and disarm an enemy only with their hands, and how to send messages in Morse code. They had daily two-hour classes in demolition. From 5 to 8 p.m., they were free to relax and eat before the night exercises began. They consisted of more weapons and explosives. Admirable, the training was crossing ice-cold rivers and rappelling down steep ravines. Using British and foreign weapons, they practiced instinctive shootings at Norwegians. Living places that, like hunting lodges, granite mountain peaks, steep valleys, and long stretches of moors. The fact that Hogley was surrounded by Norwegians made him happy. On January 31st, the visitor Oscar Torp and Major General Colin Govins were guests of honor. Torp promised a new era of cooperation between the exiled Norwegian government and the British. Then Torp and Gavins introduced the two officers who would command them, Lieutenant Colonel, John Wilson and Lev Torsten, who Haugley had already met before. After Ener Skinner had fallen and dislocated his kneecap, he got operated at Saint Joseph's Hospital in a port town in southern Norway. Two days after his surgery, Skinner boarded at Dalsun in Krisand for the trip for Fleckford to see his hackers. On board, there were no Germans, and he met Starheim. Skin Alert was scared because he was a novice, while Starheim was prepared for what they were doing. Finally, they tied up the captain with ropes, and now they needed to survive the voyage to Aberdeen. Starheim wanted to set a cruise directly west, but they were close to a German fortress so they could proceed with their plan after the night. Once it was dark, they would have until the break of the following day before their absence was noticed. So they followed the captain's advice, and once darkness fell, they headed away from the coastline. They heard a plane... At the distance from the nazis they got spotted but the fog blanked them and saved them after that they saw red white and blue of the royal air force plane that signed back them with the congratulations the information Trunston gave helped british determined that heavy water was critical for the german program on April 23, 1942, the Tube Alloys Committee met at Old Queen Street in London where they talk about the experimental work on the mechanics of building a bomb, cooperation with the Americans and they also talk about the findings of a new SOE source in Norway. Trosten worked all day and all night on heavy water. The production was up to 120 kilograms a month and the Concentrations of heavy water quickly up to 99.5% purity. With a uranium machine, they could power ships, possibly even aircraft. With plutonium, they could produce explosives that will be a million times more effective than previous explosives. The money they needed for the project was a ridiculous amount, so the Minister of War Production concluded that there was uncertainty about the bomb. But however, Debner continued building his own design. Roosevelt read an report and planned for a massive U.S. Army program to build atomic bombs, with an estimated cost of more than $500 million. With an okay, the Manhattan Project was born. The highest priority was for the raid on Bemerk.